0: You know, Harvest is such a, a great time. And uh, one of the lovely things about it is it brings together such a, a variety of people, such great con. Dr- uh, just, just, just stay there. Uh, wait a moment. Excuse me. Shh. Uh, are you. Are you the shy spies? No. Um, are you. Are you the roving reporters? No. Dear me. Um, I see then, uh... Well...
1: We we are are the interrogating inspectors.
0: The interrogating inspectors? Well... Right.
1: Technically, we're the interrogating food inspectors, uh, but that just sounds a bit iffy. I see. So, um, and... Anyway, enough of this. I see. Who are you? Who am I? Yeah. Excuse me. And what are you doing? Who are you? First question first. Thank you. Come oh. on, come on. Who are you? Don't you know who you are? No. Well, do do you, you, know you know who you are? I do. I do. Yes, excuse Please. me. Does anybody here no, who you yeah. know no. I am Pastor Stedman. Excuse Pastor me. Stedman. Yes. Thank you. And what are you doing here, Pastor Stedman? What am I doing here? I'm glad you asked me that question. I'm leading this service. I'm ah, a... so are you responsible for putting all this
0: food out here? Ah. Uh, well, uh, uh, no, actually, it's nothing to do with me. Well, who is in charge then? I'm glad you asked me that who question. Who led this operation? There is a man here who by is the he? name of Pastor Turton. Neil Turton. <laughs> nothing to do with me. Ah-ha. Uh-huh. Ah. No, nothing to do with me. And where is he? Ah, uh, um,
1: there he is. There he is. Pastor Turton, Neil Turton. Please come up here. Thank you. You can go now. (laughs) Take a seat, please, Pastor Turton, Neil Turton.
2: Was that an invitation? or um...
1: We're in charge here. We're asking the questions. (sighs)
3: So.
1: So, Pastor Neil Turton. Pastor Turton, Neil Turton. What is this here?
2: Oh, that's the harvest display. And how has it got here? Well, all these lovely people here brought all this food and we put it together in this place. Isn't it a lovely? Why? 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 Why here and like that? We're, we're, we're thanking God for all his goodness to us, all his provision to us. Why God? Well, he was the one who made it all, who gave it to us in the first place. And what's happening to it? Well... Afterwards, we're going to take it to the Sharing Life Trust in Tame. Sharing Life Trust? And what are they going to do with it? They're going to give it to some people who can't afford food, mm. who are struggling, who are needy at the moment.
1: Mmm. 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 Says some... Um... Best before November 2010 here. I'm not entirely sure. I think that uh, I'm going to treat this as
2: a confiscation, I think. No, I don't think it does. I think you just like chocolate fingers, don't you? Let's, let's, let's be honest. Blah, 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 no, blah, blah, blah. No, no, we don't. Uh, whose is it, anyway? Oh, it's God's, isn't it? Well, it looks like it was made by Cadbury. Cadburys, yes. yeah, but where did Cadburys get it from? Where did they get all the ingredients from? Well, they would have used a manufacturer. I mean, mm. some of that would have come from farming. Yes. Um, where did the farmers get all the, the food from that went into those fingers? Well, they just they grow it, don't they? They grow cocoa beans and make chocolate. And... Uh, yeah. and what do they need to grow cocoa beans and make chocolate? Well, good soil, sun, hmm. water. So- right, look, we
1: may uh, be stupid, I-
2: but we're not clever. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that sums it up. And where did all those things come from? Yes. Look. Where, where did all that come from? Look, we're raiding, the interrogators. We
1: ask the questions around here, and just
2: be quiet. Yeah. Well, if you're asking the questions, why don't you just ask this question to yourselves: Where would we be without God? Why don't you just take a minute and step back from all your questions and just look at the world around you. Look at all this food which God has made, is God has given us, that we enjoy, that we, we need to live. Wouldn't you give thanks to a God who's given you all that?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah, maybe.
2: Hmm.
1: Oh, look at the time.
2: We've got another inspection to go to So I'm sorry. Yes. Well, yes. Thanks, uh, yes, thanks for coming, guys. Maybe next time when you come and inspect... Come and join us in worshipping this God as well, and maybe you can give him some thanks for yeah, this food. That would be great. I'm going to let you yeah. those. <laughs> yes, Thank you, and, uh, goodbye.
3: The parable of the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me to judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to sow my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I'll store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for, your, for yourself. This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. You've seen the car
0: bumper sticker that says the person with the most toys wins. The question is wins what? The person with the most toys takes out of this life exactly the same as everybody else. Nothing. We come into this world naked, and that's how we leave. And it is horrifying to think that most of our life, in general, is preoccupied with material things. It occupies our energy, our time, our thinking, and our working hours. And one of the difficult things, and it's hard to get this right, is... How many of us would be willing to face up to the fact that we might be guilty of greed? I was having a meal with someone and asked them, would you like seconds? And he said to me, I would, but it would be more greed than need. I remember that because sometimes if we have a digestive pause, maybe we don't put on so much weight. Um, Or, think how greed can impact our relationships simply because we don't have time. We don't enjoy quality relationships because we don't have time. And think about our attitudes, that ability to be generous, to, to do something that is sacrificial in terms of our time, our money, our relationships, our homes, and so on. And our values. Here's the interesting thing in this parable that Jesus gives. Let me just uh, read this to you again. Verse 13 says this. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. You can't help but wonder why he wouldn't tell his own brother. And sometimes those who are closest to us are the ones that can be furthest away. Families can be complicated. And where there's a will, there's always a relative, even a distant one. Here's the problem. The car boot sticker, the person with the most toys wins. But wins what? Now then, Jesus said this. Watch out. Be on your guard. A double, what do you call a double imperative. Something that's doubly important. Be on your guard. Now notice carefully. Jesus didn't say, Money is wrong. Wealth is wrong. Riches are wrong. Or a bumper harvest is wrong. He didn't say that. What he said was, Watch out. Be on your guard against greed. And greed isn't how much you have. It can be how little you have. It's to do your, with your attitude to it. So in other words, he says, this comes with a health warning. Greed. Watch it. It can creep up on you. Take, for example, as you come into Long Crendon, you see the sign 30 miles an hour, and it says... Kill your speed. Be on your guard. If we were to ask, and I'm not going to ask you, how many of you got points on your driving license? Because in restricted areas, you have to be on your guard. You can be caught in a waste. You didn't think you were only doing 36 or more. And you got booked. Be on your guard. Kill your speed. Or think of the opposite to that, right? Of driving too fast. Think of the motorway signs. And there they are. In front of you as you're driving along and it says, Tiredness kills. Tiredness kills. Here's the sort of person. He or she has had a really busy week. They're familiar with the motorway, it's the place where they work. They know the lay of the land and they're comfortable. They're listening to quadraphonic classic FM and they're beginning to doze off. What a lovely way to go to sleep, but not in the car. Think of what it would do to you and to other people. Tiredness kills. But would you agree that greed is a killer? Greed is a killer. It kills relationships. It distorts attitudes and values. So today it's harvest, and I'm taking a slightly negative approach for the moment. In this parable that Jesus gives, he gives an example of a greedy person. And the only time in the Gospels he calls somebody a fool. It's quite something to say about somebody. Not you are foolish, but you're a fool. You're a fool. A rich fool. Now, let's be clear, again, because we can pick up the wrong signals here, okay? Let's be clear. Being hardworking, cultivating the soil, getting a bumper crop is surely a good thing. It's the blessing of God. So, he's not greedy or a fool for doing that. And equally, let's be clear, being strategic as a planner, being geared for growth, wanting to expand his barns, And plan for the future is a good thing. He's not greedy for that. So it seems rather strange. Well then, what is he greedy about? He's greedy because the real problem is he's banking his whole life on his possessions. And if you and I are doing that this morning, I'm sorry to say, not me, Jesus would say, you're a fool. To live only for this life and think that's it. Banking is whole possession on these things. Now, I want to introduce you to a man. And uh, interestingly, this man that I want to introduce you to is well known to some people. He doesn't speak a word. Now, this man had absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. Absolutely nothing. And God felt really sorry for him, and actually, God loved him. And God thought to himself, I I know what I'll do. I'll give him some presents. I will give him ten apples. Ten apples. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten apples. And this is what I'll do. I'll give him the first three three apples. And uh, with these, he will be able to have something to eat. Because he looked terribly hungry. And then, with the second three apples... I will say to him, if you trade these in very carefully, you will have somewhere nice to live. Really nice. And then God said, "Um, I'll give him three more apples. And these three apples so that he will have something really nice to wear. Like, you know, designer clothes so that he fits in with everybody else. And a nice tie and nice shoes and all those lovely things that people enjoy today. And then God says to himself, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll give him one more apple. Three that he can eat, three so that he can get a place to live, three nice things to wear, and one so that he can give it back to me in thanksgiving for the other nine. So, stay with me. The man took the first three apples and they were delicious. They were scrumptious. And with them, when he ate them, he felt strong and healthy and alert. And he thought, this is really good. And then God gave him the second three apples. So that he would have somewhere really nice to live. And in this house, he would have lovely curtains, lovely carpets. A safe place, a happy place, a car, and a garage. All the nice things that we enjoy. And then, God gave him, uh, how many more have we got? Three more, okay, three more, yes. Uh, And God gave him three more so that, well, he would look really smart, lovely, lovely clothes, and... uh, he would. Thank you. Yep. So that he would fit in with everybody else and really look the part. So there he is. This man. He's got a strong body. He's got a lovely house. And he's got beautiful clothes. He looks the part. How many apples have we got? Nine, is that right, um, okay, one more. So God says to him, you know, I've given you this uh, tenth apple so that you would have something to give back for all that I've given to you. Now, this man begins to look at this apple. And he begins to think to himself, because he's a very clever man. And he thinks and he looks and he says, I'm not very sure about this. I mean, after all, look. This much I know, God owns all the apples. So one more wouldn't make any difference. So he takes this apple, and um, he thinks to himself, "I think this is the nicest, the juiciest apple of all nine, and after all, God wouldn't really miss that. So do you know what he did? Any clues? He bites into the apple. And he devours it. And he thinks, I deserve this. I mean, my life. I mean, I'm really very important. And after all, because God owns them all, does it make any difference? And because I'm so important, um, I don't think God cares very much. So he eats the apple. And then he does something amazing. He only has just the slightest twinge of Not even conscience, afterthought. And he says, I know what I'll do. And what do you think he does? He says, I'll just give the code to God. And that is what the rich fool thinks that he could do. Right at the center. And when he gives it, he thinks, I'm sure God is very pleased with me. Aren't I good? Um, Thank you. Mr. Thank you. Can you give him a clap? See him after he'll give you an autograph. Because he doesn't say anything, as you know. Let's come back to this real man then. That's the problem. Two things I want you to think about as we finish. The first is this. That in this parable, the man makes two fatal mistakes, which I hope none of us here today will ever make, however young or old we are. Two fatal mistakes. The first is this. He was good at cultivating the land. He was very bad at looking after his soul. To live as if you are simply body and brain is to be in the language of Jesus, a fool. A fool. He didn't understand himself. His only concern was material things, not spiritual. He thought of temporal things, not eternal things. And at death, when it came suddenly, it's too late. And he discovers too late that he's a fool. That's what Jesus says. And the second thing is this. He, not only he didn't understand himself, but what he did, he drew a circle around himself and didn't think or care about anybody else. You almost feel sorry for somebody like this who is so wealthy, so healthy, who is a role model, the sort of person you'd see on Hello Magazine, and yet, to be so impoverished. That's the perspective of Jesus. And do you know in the original language, and what Jesus is doing, he's actually exaggerating or overemphasizing that when, what Matthew read to us a moment ago is this, that in the original language, twelve times he says, I, me, my. This is what I will do. These are my bonds. This is my life, and I will do what I want to do. If you like that, you really have to repent. Not only will you have to say sorry to God, but you'll have to say sorry to the people that you live with within your family. Not once does he look up to heaven and thank God and think about God's goodness with the harvest. Not once does he look around and think about others and their needs. All he can do is see himself and he says, my land, my crops, my barn, my future, and nobody else. The only time Jesus says in the Gospels, such a person is a fool. It's not that amazing? My land my needs, my money, my life, until death strips it all away and leaves him, as we started with the sketch, with absolutely nothing. Nothing. And for us today, this is harvest. And it is such a great time just to stand back a bit, look at ourselves, think about ourselves. The parable ends, and I end with it now, with the piercing gaze of Jesus. As he looks at his disciples, as he looks at the crowd, and he looks at this divided family fighting about money. And he says this. This is how it will be with the person who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. He's missed out big time, big time. And one of the lovely things about harvest is this ability just to give thanks to God, to see the, the variety. We, this year we haven't got too many uh, produce from uh, our gardens because we were asked to give uh, these um, things in tins so that they would last and we'll be giving them to various families in Long Crenden and in Tame. But more than that, the sermon isn't about giving things. That's, that's a good thing to do. But it's more. It's giving ourselves. To realize that we have a soul. And that's why in the New Testament it says, God, He so loved the world that He gave His only Son. He couldn't give any more. He could have given less. That whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And when you think about how God has been good to us, that we live in a land where we have, enjoy a, a great degree of health, and we live for the most part in safe homes. And as I look around, I can see, especially the front row, designer T-shirts and things like that, and an ice tie, and good things. And I hope we're grateful. But beyond that, to give ourselves to Jesus Christ, to trust in him, and to say, he is the Lord of the harvest. He is the one to whom we need to give thanks. Would you please turn in your um, sheet? Because now we're going to borrow from Isaiah the prophet. And uh, you will see that there's this, it's a prayer. And I would like you to take this home. What I want to do now is to get the responses from you. You will see the bold letters, like the first one, eat, drink and be filled at no cost to yourself. Think about God as the great giver. I want you to respond with the bold print and I will begin. And we'll try to read it thoughtfully and not too quickly. Make this real for you here today. Come, you who are thirsty. Come, you who hunger for more in life. Come, you who are seeking for meaning. Come, you who are overwhelmed. Come, Come, you who are fearful. Come, you who long for the past.
2: The Lord has it
0: is up right now. Come to the Lord, your Creator, and your Saviour calls you. while Amen. And if you've prayed that and it's real to you, share that with others or talk to me or any of the folk here as we shall spend some quality time together. We're giving thanks to God for His great faithfulness.